Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues, to the program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Thanks for listening to AFR on this Wednesday, February the 23rd. Uh, Ed Battagliano joining me in studio. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. Uh, Frank Gaffney, founder of the Center for Security Policy. We got that right? Yes. Uh, will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. And Frank is an expert on uh, international affairs, national security, national security issues. And we are going to ask him what he thinks about the situation between Russia and Ukraine. And larger than that, the situation between the USA slash NATO and Russia. So, uh, and Vladimir Putin, the, uh, a leader? What is he? See, he's in, he's de facto a dictator, right? Well, I, I, that's what he a, gets a lot of assessments. Yeah, he gets elected time and time again, and easily <laughs> opponents, people who are critical of him, sometimes get disappeared eat, or eat bad food. Or yes, that's a good way of putting it. Get <laughs> killed in a in a in a manner that could appear in a James Bond movie. Yeah. So we'll talk to Frank Gaffney uh, about all this at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Ed, you want to tell folks how they can join us on what you affectionately call that their internet? Absolutely. If you want to watch us do this radio program, you can. Technology allows it. You can go to either Facebook or YouTube and search for today's issues. That is the name of this program. You can click through and watch us. I am waving right now to those of us who are already online. If you would like to listen to American Family Radio and maybe around your house, you'd be away from your actual radio, you can go to AFR.net, and we stream all of our programming live, the audio at least, live on at, at AFR.net. You can also download podcasts from programs you might have missed from AFR.net, and if you are going to be traveling and perhaps away from a terrestrial radio station, you can download the AFR app and listen anywhere you have a good signal. And if you come in contact with an extraterrestrial, <laughs> we ask that you uh, email us. Uh, we'd like to know about this. That's right. Because we're uh, big fans of UFOs and mm. things like, uh, you know, Bigfoot. Yes. Yeah, somebody says, do you phone home? You let us know. <laughs> Okay. All right. Yes. Bigfoot. Uh, all right. So, uh, the situation, uh, Fred, uh, between Ukraine and Russia, this is getting scary for, it the, is. for the world uh, it in, is. in many ways. And when you read the headlines overnight and this morning, you, you get the impression, and I'm talking about Western media, you get the impression that Putin is in the driver's seat and he's going to do pretty well what he wants to do, whatever his agenda is. You know, I remember back a few weeks ago, President Joe Biden, he was asked about the situation in Ukraine, and he said, you know, there might be a minor invasion. That was the term that he used. 
Wow, people went crazy over that. What do you mean by a minor invasion? Well, uh, is the minor invasion uh, defined by what Putin has done so far? He has moved now his military into those eastern districts of the Ukraine that have been sympathetic to Russia, that speak Russian, so that's not a big surprise. But now you, you see further threats. I, I mean, he's, he's got his military in Belarus to the north of the Ukraine. Certainly he can, he's in Crimea. So Ukraine right now basically, with except for the west, is surrounded by the Russian military. Overnight, they put uh, more military people into those eastern districts. There's a uh, field hospital that's in there now. The headline that we just saw in the last few minutes, mass cyber attack targets Ukraine government websites. Despite the warnings yesterday from NATO, from President Joe Biden about sanctions, uh, Putin doesn't show any sign of letting up at all. I guess we could wait till Frank comes on to... uh discuss this i don't know what his uh, i haven't heard him speak on this so i don't know what his take on all this is but uh i was reading a very interesting column by candace owens owens or owens candace owens owens she's a uh, conservative commentator many people are familiar with her she's been on fox news and uh she's uh very well known in conservative circles she was making the case last night. I wish I had it before me. I could I could read it, but uh, on why Putin is doing what he's doing, okay? Because a lot of people listening to us right now just know that Russia's Russia is set to invade Ukraine, and it may trigger a bigger war. Um, <clears throat> but she was explaining why why Putin. Uh, sees things the way he does. And you had talked about this a couple of times, uh, Ed, as well. And let me just set this up by saying we are not saying what Russia is doing is right or we agree with the uh, what's going on here by any means. But we're trying to uh, let people know uh, what he's thinking you want to lay that out yeah, as best you and, understand it? Yes, the best I understand it uh, is that, and and most of our listeners probably are familiar with some of the history. I'll just give it very briefly. But the Soviet Union, after World War II, took Eastern Europe. The West was not happy with that, but we had just come out of World War II. Nobody wanted to fight the Russians. So the Soviet Union, because you have to remember, the Soviet the Russians have been invaded a bunch I mean, you talk all the way back to the Mongols. Napoleon invaded Russia. Hitler invaded Russia, almost took Russia, uh, the Soviet Union at that time. So they have always been uh, on the nervous side when it comes to being invaded. So the Warsaw Pact were the satellite nations in Eastern Europe under the control of the Soviet Union. Facing them were the countries allied uh, allied, uh, in NATO the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. They faced off all during the Cold War. And when the collapse of the Soviet Union occurred in 1989 through 91, that Soviet Union and its satellite nations uh, disintegrated. So a lot of those Eastern European countries were absorbed into NATO. And NATO, still fairly hostile 
towards Russia, advanced eastward, and if and if Ukraine were to join NATO, NATO would be on Russia's doorstep. And there are a lot of people who think that what Vladimir Putin wants to do is not only maybe reestablish the Russian Empire to some extent, but he wants buffer states between Russia and NATO. And that is at least part of the reason why he's invading, probably going to invade Ukraine. It is why in 2008, he, uh, Russia took Georgia, the country, not the state, and why they took Crimea was to have access to the ports of the Black Sea so that the Russian Navy would have access to the Mediterranean via the south. So that's just kind of a... So so what uh, to go along with what you're... The historical uh, context you're stating here. Candace Owens said, I suggest, I'm quoting her now, every American who wants to know what's actually going on in Russia and Ukraine, read this transcript of Putin's address. I guess Putin, he had a talk, he gave a talk about this uh, a day or two ago. She says, uh, as I've said for a month, NATO, under the direction of the United States, is violating previous agreements and expanding eastward. We, she says, are at fault. Now, I don't know whether Frank Gaffney agrees with that assessment or not. Again, I haven't uh, heard Frank talk on this yet, but uh, his program is on each evening here on American Family Radio. 10 p.m. Central, I think. 10 p.m. Central time. But uh, that's an that's, uh, that's an interesting assessment i guess you could say and uh we'll see what frank has to say about that fred your take on this yeah it's very provocative i'm reading again from the candace owens piece she says if you think america has never been the aggressor in war you are not pro-american you're pro-ignorance and your ignorance costs american lives stop listening to mainstream media start studying energy policy read transcripts from all over the world leaders to discern truth she is saying, and it goes along with what Ed is saying, she, she tried to put herself in Putin's chair for a minute. He feels threatened by the West. And that is why he believes he's taking back what rightfully belongs to what we used to call the Soviet Union. That's his take on things. Yes, and uh, also she said this, Candace Owen said this, we also know that the main adversary... Oh, this is Putin. I'm quoting Vladimir Putin right now. We also know, this is Vladimir Putin, the main adversary of the United States and NATO, it is Russia. NATO documents officially declare our country, Russia, to be the main threat to Euro-Atlantic security. Ukraine will serve as an advanced bridgehead for such a strike. So, uh, what are you saying is if Ukraine joins NATO, which they have not, but that that's what this is about, right? Yes. They, they are considering it. I don't know. Have they announced that they are going to? I, I don't know. That'll be a good question okay. to ask Frank, Frank Gaffney. I, I, I don't, I don't think that there's any formal, uh, process underway. Okay. No, but okay. But what but Putin is saying is you guys, the United States, NATO have, in your charter have declared Russia to be a potential threat to the rest of Europe. Yes. Right. And so if that's the case, then you are, uh, 
you are recruiting a country on our border, which you could potentially, you NATO, the United States could potentially use to put troops in, uh, build up your military, and strike missiles. at missiles and strike at us, Russia, from very close proximity. And we, Russia, are not going to allow that to happen. So we're putting our military up there before you. Uh, so before you do anything like that. Right. So people, listen, when you're listening to this, you go, well, you sound like you're pro-Putin. Huh? Mm-hmm. No, no. We're just telling you what the context is as best we understand it. Because uh, there is a reason why Putin is doing what he's doing uh, other than just uh, the grandiose idea of, of reestablishing maybe the Soviet Union, the well, old form of Soviet Union. Ask yourself this question. Let's say Mexico developed very close ties with China. <laughs> Would we allow the Chinese to put military troops yes. and missiles in Mexico? Without a response. Without a response. No, we wouldn't. Yeah. That's just because... That that would and this is the the whole Cuban Missile Crisis yeah. back in 1962. Yeah. yeah, that was that was why JFK almost well brought us to the brink of war <laughs> with the Soviet Union because they were going to put missiles 90 miles away from Florida that could yeah. reach all over the United States. Yes. So we'll we'll get Frank's take on this, uh-huh. but it's an escalating situation. We mentioned earlier. Uh, Fox News has a report, this is on other news services as well, that, um, thank you, Brent, thank you for that laptop. Um, you, the headline is, Ukraine hit with mass cyber attacks after a day of shelling in eastern territories. And I, Ed, you and I were talking, Fred, you probably heard the intelligent conversation <laughs> that, was, that was going on between Ed and me. Um is it Ed and me or Ed and I? Yeah, between Ed and me. Okay, I'm off to a good start then there <laughs> with proper English. Your prepositional yes, structure Jesus. was very good. Well, <laughs> it's 50-50, I'll tell you that. <laughs> when you got to ask, did I say that correctly? And you just, uh, you got lucky right there. I got lucky right there. Uh, listen, in all seriousness, now you have to start worrying if, Russia is hitting Ukraine with mass cyber attacks. That's, um, that is, it's, well, it's cyber warfare. And you may say, well, that's not the same as tanks rolling in and missiles dropping. I don't, uh, but it, 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 it is just as disruptive. Uh, it doesn't cost human life that you can see. But you, if you imagine if the United States, we were hit with a mass cyber attack, which interrupted our banking system, for well, example. Well, we, we had the Colonial Pipeline cyber attack, remember? Yes. Back in uh, two, uh, 2021. That's right. We had ransomware. And, yeah. and remember how uh, now it, it got handled, probably paid off. Right. Uh, but that was a pipeline that was going to affect the supplies for the eastern seaboard. That kind of thing could probably would and could happen in the event of a traditional conventional war. So you could war. you could cause great 
pain and suffering to a country like Ukraine mm-hmm. by just using cyber attacks because the world is so now wired. dependent on on wired, as you say, Fred. Yeah. So dependent on computers and the internet, and mm-hmm. that's how we control the way banking. Our, our, yes, banking, our way of life. Well, the the power grid. I mean, th- there's all kinds of things without. You know, without them having to launch something like you know, uh, you know, initiating a an EMP attack, you can just you can bring down parts of the power grid during the winter. Yes, yeah. So this is an extremely serious and now volatile situation. That's you may say, well, what do I care about what happens between Ukraine and Russia? That Ukraine and Russia, that's not our fight. Well, we're part of NATO. Yes. A big player. Well, and we're ha- we're placing sanctions on Russia. We're placing san- we're 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 front and center here. Yeah, and we're the we're the superpower. So, uh, hey, listen, the ramification. You you might say, well, still, I'm not understanding how this impacts our lives. Well, we've just described how it potentially could in a very disruptive way, but also in a very practical way, Fred. Uh, and, and President Biden warned against this yesterday. Yeah, we have that clip. We have that clip. President Biden warned against how this could affect Americans uh, uh, every, in our everyday lives. Yeah. Do we have that clip? Let's think, go ahead and think play. Think gas tank. Cut number three. If Russia decides to invade, that would also have consequences here at home. But the American people understand that defending democracy and liberty is never without cost. I will not pretend this will be painless. There could be impact on our energy prices. So we are taking active steps to alleviate the pressure on our own energy markets and offset raising prices. Uh, well, that, I didn't, he didn't say right there gas prices are about to soar. But that's what he's talking about. <laughs> well, he Am said right? energy. At the pump. Yes. Huh? Yes. Yeah. And uh, the word is this morning, just becoming, uh, before coming into the studio, uh, it will hit $100 a barrel today. Okay, put that into context for me. What does that mean under per, Trump, per gallon at the at the gas at the at the at the gas station? Under Trump, it was forty dollars a barrel. Now we're going to be up to a hundred. Okay, you so you could be talking four and five dollar. Yes, a gallon. Uh, yeah. regular, you mean in the next few weeks? Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Regular gas. I don't know how quickly. I, I went and filled up my tank yesterday. Regular gas here in Tupelo, Mississippi, about three dollars a gallon. Whereas I used to it was about a buck eighty. Less than a year ago. Now uh, and now and I want to do. I want to say, not in defense of Biden, but as as a swipe at President Biden. He has he has gotten us into a position. Yes. With his energy policy, as soon as he, as soon as he was inaugurated, mm-hmm. okay, that that puts the squeeze on us. So when an event like this happens. We are going to. We are definitely going to feel it because we're not going to be energy independent, and we, we are not anymore. And we're not as we face a it, situation within like fourteen this. months of him taking office. We went from being energy independent to dependent. I mean, just about several months ago, remember he says we're going to go into the emergency reserves. Why was that? Because the price was starting to go up. Going off, we were going hat in hand to the Russians, saying. Can you give us some more oil? And OPEC. And to OPEC, can you give us a little bit more oil? We went yeah. begging. We went yeah. from being independent to begging these other countries to give us some more oil. <clears throat> these leftists are insane. And the, the problem is 
where uh, we've always said, John McCain said when he lost to then uh, candidate Barack Obama, elections have consequences. Well, you know what? We're getting ready to feel the results of Joe Biden being in office. And that $100 today where we're going to be by the day's end has nothing to do yet with Ukraine. And the and the controversy, part of the controversy, is the energy independence of Europe on Russia. Okay, we're already on a trajectory, and we're already seeing the prices of energy go up, up, mm-hmm. up, up, since Biden took office. What I think he's trying to do here politically, too, is set the stage for blaming everything on Russia and Ukraine. Exactly. That way he says, that way he can say, listen, people, uh, we're all feeling this, but it's because of Russia. Right. Exactly. When in fact it's it's uh, yes it that may that's probably going to play a big part uh, in in go here going forward. Yes. But uh, here to four, to borrow a word from Friday, <laughs> uh, that this is self inflicted by the Biden administration. Listen, we've talked about this ad nauseum. <clears throat> the Democrat Party is at war with the oil and gas industry. Yes. In the United States. They subscribe to the idea that carbon emissions are going to set the world on fire. And they've always got a, a decade. They tell us they've always got uh, this, the world, that the tipping point is a decade from now. Right. Right. right? So we must do all these drastic things. Everybody's got it be plugging up our cars you know with uh, electric cars or we're all going to die because the planet's going to burn up and that can only basically be controlled by the united states <laughs> right yeah i'm being facetious here but this is because india and china aren't right they don't care right right so um now this is an opinion program and we're supposed to be factually based as in as much as we know what the facts are right mm-hmm. and i've mentioned this before and this is my opinion not necessarily shared by other panelists here although i think they probably would agree with me man-made global warming or man-made climate change i don't believe in that the man-made part yes the man-made part mm-hmm Climate change has been a part of the world since God created it. That's right. We're always going to have changes in climate, global warming. In the seventies, they were war- warm. These same these same lefties in the seventies were warning us about a new ice age, yes. which we're supposed to be going through right now. So I think these left-wing ideologues who are pushing the climate, man-made climate change, are wanting to use it to control the world. Correct. And especially control the lives of people in free countries like the United States, which is a hindrance to globalism. Yes. Yes. Are you guys tracking with yes, me here? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm in absolute agreement okay, with Okay, you agree with that? Absolutely. Yep. And so, the and the the trial run for that, although I'm not saying I'm not going full conspiracy here and saying this was all done intentionally, but the trial run was COVID. Yes. 
in terms of saying, hey, folks, you got to get on board so that we can protect lives. Right. So now they're going to, COVID's about going away mm-hmm. as far as having a major impact on the world. So now we're going to see a major push by the lefties, the Democrat Party, the globalists to make climate change, in quotes, man-made, uh, make that the new push to save the world. And if you don't participate, if you don't obey, yes. then you don't care about people. Right. And, we, and we'll punish you. Yeah. We'll be back momentarily. When you hear this. This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. You know, most tours of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., don't include the spiritual heritage of our country, the Christian history of our nation, the people, the places, the events that God used to birth America. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. My friend, historian Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation, goes with us on these tours And he talks all along the way. He tells you about the people, the places, the events, and he does so from a Christian perspective. So you're invited to join us on one of these spiritual heritage tours in June and September. We also go to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown on a separate tour if you want to do that as well. So for all the information, go to spiritualheritagetours.com. Again, simply the website spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Zion Brown's mother deserves to be named Mother of the Year. The other day, Chicago TV stations broadcast video of a terrible crime. A masked man held a train conductor at gunpoint demanding cash. Mrs. Brown saw the video and her jaw dropped. She knew the eyes peering behind the mask. It was her 18-year-old son, Zion, a sophomore at Loyola University. Her motherly instinct kicked in, but instead of protecting her son, she grabbed him by the ear and dragged him to the local police station. Zion's attorney said his client was hungry and wanted something to eat, so he pulled out his gun, took cash from the train conductor, got some food, and went back to class. The judge says that was not a reasonable defense and ordered him held without bail. No doubt a terrible moment for Mrs. Brown, but a reminder that sometimes the most effective kind of love is tough love. Be sure to download a copy of my new book, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl. It's available at your favorite bookstore or online at toddsterns.com. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 
1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Just real, just real quickly to kind of hopefully wrap up our discussion from the last 10 minutes about climate change uh, that uh, the left in this country and worldwide are pushing as uh, man-made. And uh, the reason that every once in a while things will happen where they, they, by being the Democrats and the left, uh, sort of reveal themselves in a phony way on this issue of climate change. And i give you real three quick examples here. The forest fires out west, we've had forest fires since the beginning of time. There are natural reasons why this happens. I'm not an expert on this. But what Biden, every time there's a forest fire now, Biden and the lefties blame it on man-made climate, uh, man-made uh, global warming or climate change, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Tornadoes that hit uh, six weeks ago or so uh, through Kentucky and Missouri. Remember, Biden goes out there and says this is because of uh, global warming. This is why we got to stop using fossil fuels. Yes. We've had tornadoes forever. In the middle of the winter. In the middle of the winter, in the middle of the country. And they actually have not increased no, they in haven't. frequency. No. No. And you know what? They're going to be here in 100 years when we're all dead and gone. We'll be still, if it's still a world, we'll still be still having tornadoes right. in the middle of the United States. Yes. Uh, right. All right. Uh, is my voice rising? It, it, it rose a little bit. Uh, indignant. Would you call it a little it, bit? It was, it was also, you remember they, they forget this. They don't revisit this stuff by they. I mean the liberal media when these prognosticators are wrong. Remember uh, Al Gore and and uh, I don't know if somebody in the Obama administration. Remember we had the hurricanes. Yeah, we had about four or five of them one year. Mm-hmm. Right. And they said, this is it. This is the beginning of these super hurricanes that are going to slam us every year. Five and ten of them are going to come our way. Why? Because of man-made global warming and because you're driving your SUV, people. Right. Okay? That's what they were saying. Yes. Well, guess what? Then we went like five years without a hurricane yes. or one or two here and there. Mm-hmm. And again, we've had hurricanes forever, and we will continue to have hurricanes from July to November that is going to hit the eastern seaboard or going to hit the Gulf Coast. It's just the way it is. It's the way nature works. It's not because of a me driving an SUV or a van or whatever. So what I'm saying to you is I'm giving you three. They're, they're going to – everything that happens, that's why they change from global warming to the use of the term or the phrase climate change. Right. Because global warming, they were stuck with heat. Yes. In this case. And they'd be, they'd be having a conference on global warming, and they'd be getting a uh, snowstorm. A huge snowstorm. Yeah. yeah, it was a joke. <laughs> it, was a, it was a joke. 
So they had to switch over to climate change. So now everything that happens, it's uh, heads I win, tails you lose. Right. Yes. See, see how they work here. Uh, so listen, if people want to, if everybody wants to buy Tesla's, go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, I'm talking about electric cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you know, if electric cars become the thing of the future, uh, that's an amoral right. activity. I don't, I don't care. Maybe that's an advance, but I don't yeah. care. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But, but the pressure to destroy the oil and gas industry and our and our our energy independence in this country such that it is is by the political left because they want to use it for uh more nefarious purposes as we've described in the last half hour so that's what's going on mm-hmm. here you guys do you guys high five me on that? Even though uh, I can, oh yeah. I, if, I, if I tried to reach for you, Fred, I'd metaphoric, my metaphorical high five right yeah. to you. Yes. All right. So anyway, listen. Uh, we uh, asked Frank Gaffney to be on uh, about an hour and a half ago, and he was able <laughs> to make time for us. We want to we want to get to this interview. Uh, Frank is founder of Security Center for Security Policy, and is heard each week, uh, day evenings here on American Family Radio uh, with Secure freedom radio frank good morning to you good morning to you gentlemen uh, i'm really pleased to have been uh, able to hear a bit of that conversation because i strongly high five it myself amen <laughs> well, high five uh tim i'm tim with ed and fred here uh, frank i know you can't see us frank just so you'll know uh the uh, 30 minutes ago or so we were talking about ukraine and russia and ed was giving us a historical lesson on on uh, that part of the world and uh, Soviet Union, the collapse, and what happened after that. And just so you know, we quoted uh, from Candace Owens' column, which appeared yesterday. I think I saw it in I saw it somewhere, Daily Caller or Newsweek or somewhere. Newsweek. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, where she was basically saying that we, the United States and NATO, have. Uh, unnecessarily provoked Vladimir Putin and Russia into the current crisis that we see playing out now uh, in, you know, in that part of the world. So I just wanted you to know that, that, that we didn't. So we wanted to get your take on the whole situation. So the, the floor is yours. Well, thank you. I, I feel honored to uh, have the floor. Um, look, in a way, she's right. We did provoke him in the sense that, as my old friend Donald Rumsfeld used to say, weakness is provocative. I don't think we put the idea in Vladimir Putin's mind that uh, he wanted to have revenge against the United States and NATO more generally for effecting what he has repeatedly called the greatest catastrophe of the 20th century, by which he does not mean World War One or the Holocaust or World War II, for that matter, other contenders for this dubious distinction. He means the fall of the Soviet Union. He, he's had that in his head, you know, going back to when it happened. And so we didn't provoke him to want to demonstrate that 
he was going to beat NATO. Um, we certainly didn't, as you as you may have seen in his uh, long hour, I think hour long speech, the day that he went into Ukraine. Um, you know, he's about restoring the Russian Empire. He wants to build back better. <laughs> I think to use a well-known phrase around here, um, build back the Soviet Union, maybe, but certainly the Russian Empire, um, if he can get away with it. And and the cornerstone of that, you know, for the twisted history he gave, or just straight strategic analysis, is clearly Ukraine. So we didn't provoke him to think that. That that was baked in to his um, ideological and uh, totalitarian DNA. So Frank, I don't agree with that, but I do agree that, uh, you know, to the extent that he's looking at the world and he is seeing nobody who's going to stand up to him, certainly not Joe Biden, not NATO. And more to the point, he's got at his back the other ruthless Thug, now increasingly qualifying as one of the world's superpowers, uh, Xi Jinping's Chinese Communist Party. And I think he's just made a calculation, uh, and maybe you could call it provocative, but at the very least, it's certainly been inspirational that this is the moment to go for it, and I don't think he's done going for it. But you're talking about Putin. I am. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Ed. Frank, uh, Ed here. Let, let me ask you this now. You know, we saw in the last century, we saw the spread of fascism. So you have an ideology, uh, communism, another ideology. And when you have um, a Soviet empire, you have the acquisition by force of other nations, conquering them militarily and then subjecting them to the ideology. What what benefit would it have for Vladimir Putin, because I'm guessing he, there's no ideology he would be push, pushing. Let's say he decided he wants to take uh, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia, since they're on the border of Russia. Um, what what does Russia gain? Would this be simply reestablishing the Cold War uh, lines, the battle lines, or would would there be a taking of resources from these countries? Uh, uh, how, how would that work as a benefit to Putin and Russia? I don't know that it's ideological so much as it's it's just about power. And at the end of the day, whether it was power, you know, grabbing under the communist banner of the Soviet Union, or whether it's power grabbing under his sort of post-Soviet um, authoritarianism and then I think more and more totalitarian style of dictatorship, it, it's about ensuring uh, that uh, he becomes and remains, as I think he is today, the richest man on the planet and a man who has absolute power over whatever the number is, you know, tens of millions of people at least in this vast country. And if he can accrue more power by forcing others to once again be part of that vast country or its 
as my old boss Ronald Reagan used to say, evil empire. Um, he's all about it. But I think it ultimately comes down to this question of, you know, his control, his dominance. And the really interesting question, which is not getting as much attention as it deserves, because I think it should inform what we do now, is what is his calculation about China? Because at the end of the day, uh, China may be helpful to him at the moment, but make no mistake about it, they have in mind eating up much of Russia. Uh, you know, there's this vast, um, mostly empty area east of the Urals, and they have a lot of people who would like to either voluntarily or involuntarily go there and exploit its resources and build, you know, a greater China dream, as Xi Jinping calls it. Um, so at some point, this marriage of convenience is going to come apart, I think. And uh, what's Putin's plan for that? I don't know. But we ought to be intensifying the pressure to uh, find that out, uh, separate these guys uh, rather than, uh, you know, intensify their collaboration. Because what, what is fundamentally joining them at the hip is their animosity towards us and their shared desire to take us out as an impediment to realizing, you know, their respective yeah. totalitarian agendas. Talking to Frank Gaffney. Fred, you got a question? Yes, Frank. Um, you know, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Putin is in the driver's seat here. And one of the vulnerabilities as far as the West goes is the West has become more dependent on Putin's oil and natural gas. Certainly Europe does. Uh, does that basically take away any of the wind out of the sails of the West in, in negotiations? A hundred percent. And I think it's, it's central to his calculations that he's going to be able to get away with whatever he wants to do here. I think he, he has an understanding with an old East German socialist who's now the chancellor of Germany that uh, they're not going to screw around with the natural gas dependency that successive German chancellors have been, you know, aggressively pursuing. One of them actually went to work for Gazprom after he left office. Um, and his successor was, you know, equally keen on, uh, on taking out Germany's alternatives to this kind of energy independence and instead relying increasingly on the West's, well, one of the West's most serious enemies, namely Russia. And interestingly enough, in all of this talk, you know, there's a much ballyhooing about how the Germans have stepped up and they've canceled the so-called Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Well, the truth is they've done no such thing. And I'm told, actually, that they had put that uh, on hold, in a sense, in a bureaucratic sense, some months ago, before all of this started up, over some bureaucratic, uh, you know, falderall about uh, the paperwork not being properly done. I, I can't imagine that it's it's taken this long, but it was supposedly going to take a bit longer. So at the moment, this thing is kind of on hold, but for reasons that had nothing to do with, until now at least, uh, the Ukraine caper. But more importantly, there's a Nord Stream 1 pipeline 
that Russia is currently pumping lots of natural gas at a huge windfall profit to at the yeah. moment. Uh, many of the countries in uh, Europe and uh, the Germans are quite happy to have that continue. In fact, desperately need it to continue. And that that you're absolutely right. Putin understands he has the whip hand as a result of that dependency. And he has demonstrated in the past against Ukraine, against the Poles and others, a willingness to use energy as a weapon. And you can bet he will do it when it suits him against the Europeans, too. Ed, uh, Frank, what what are the uh, the odds that the U.S. gets dragged into some sort of conflict in Europe, whether it's because Putin attacks a, you mean a NATO with armed country? You mean with yeah, armed with, forces? With, with uh, military forces? Or, as we talked about before the program, with some sort of cyber warfare aimed against us? Well, you know, wars often start, in my reading of history, with miscalculations. People don't necessarily intend them to go bad uh, and get really messy in particular, but uh, they happen because... You know, things get put into motion or somebody acts on the basis of certain expectations or even some some statements. You know, Joe Biden has said absolutely categorically there will not be American forces in Ukraine, period. And I think to the extent that Putin believes anything Joe Biden says, um, that is one of those things that might prompt him to calculate that uh, he can press on. Uh, maybe it's the southern coast of Ukraine that he sees us next, the parts to the west of Crimea, which include, by the way, um, some very important uh, shipbuilding facilities in Ukraine, which he, I think, lusts after because, as uh, one of my colleagues, Claudia Rosette, has pointed out to me, he's very anxious to build up his navy to have better um, well, partnership, perhaps, but a competitive position uh, vis-a-vis the Chinese, who, as you know, are building up their navies massively. But I think the point is that uh, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I don't think that's certainly the intent of this president. Um, and I don't think the Europeans have any appetite for it at all. But uh, the trouble with encouraging thugs or bullies on the schoolyard, if you will, to believe that uh, they can do whatever they want and there will be no downside cost or risk to them even, is that typically they then overplay their hand. You know, they, they do engage in more aggressive behavior. And at some point, somebody says, hey, wait a minute, that's, that's a vital interest of ours. We can't allow that to happen. Now, is that in the Baltic states or NATO members? Is that in Poland, a NATO member? Um, is it someplace else? Look, one of the things that I think is very much in play is, as the Chinese are watching all of this, uh, I think they made a deal with Putin uh, on the 4th of February, if not before, when Xi and Putin met on the margins of the genocide games opening, as I call it, um, that they, uh, they'd have each other's back, that the Russians would have China's support for whatever they chose to do in Ukraine. And the Russians would support the Chinese and whatever it's going to do vis-a-vis Taiwan. So we may wind up in a shooting war over Taiwan here. Again, not because we want one, but because the Chinese, like the Russians, are being emboldened by our provocative weakness. I think they, too, will be able to get away with whatever they want to do in this moment when 
Not well, only well, what, 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 the Frank? commander in chief of the United States, weak, but he's in their uh, They own hey. Joe Biden, the Chinese. Okay, um, Frank. This is Tim, by the way, we're talking to Frank Gaffney. How do I phrase this question? What if we are weak? What if the reality is we can't do anything to stop Putin and we can't do anything to stop the Chinese from going into Taiwan? And furthermore, do the American people even support uh, our money and our men and women dying for these causes? Well, those I know that's about a, bold, an hour. Bold, bold that's about, that's about an hour right lecture right there. I know, but I mean, yeah. I'm just asking. We're, yeah. we're sort that's of right, the right question. Okay, yeah, absolutely right. But let me let me say what I would in response. I think as a an acolyte and uh, in a small way a helper of Ronald Reagan who practiced the only national security policy that has actually worked namely peace through strength. Were we as strong as we have been in the past certainly in his day and even more recently uh, I don't think we'd be having this conversation honestly. Because I don't think that the Putins and the Gs would be exploring what they can get away with because of the deterrent effect of our strength. What you put your finger on, Tim, is they're able to read our capabilities. They're able very, very clearly to understand the limitations that we have now got on us. And, And by the way, it's not just that we've been at war for 20 years and we've worn out our equipment and we've worn out our people all over the world, uh, not in opposing the Russians, not in opposing the Chinese, to be sure, but opposing you know various uh, terrorists and their enablers. They read that, but more to the point, I think they're reading very clearly that we have a situation on our hands where our commander-in-chief is actively dismantling the only military we have. And he's doing it through his uh, his COVID vaccine mandates. Uh, he's doing it through his uh, critical race theory indoctrination. He's doing it through his purges of military personnel who either don't want to take the vaccines or uh, don't want to be brainwashed into believing that their country is systemically racist and, and a horrible place. And there's some, you know, overlap between the two. And he especially wants to get rid of those patriots. And the Russians and the Chinese are under no illusion that that is highly destructive to a military that has to have confidence in its leadership, has to be focused relentlessly on fighting the nation's wars. Yeah. And loves this country uh, and is willing to sacrifice for it. And if it's not the case, it's not the military we need to deter people like Putin and Xi. Certainly at this moment. What? What the? So uh, will will the yeah. American people support a war? Just if I could just touch on that very quickly. Yeah. I think it depends. I, I don't think they want one. That's the beauty of democracies: is they generally don't want wars. But the trouble is, when you don't want war, if you've allowed yourself to be perceived as a possible victim of a successful aggressive act, um, you're more likely to find yourself in a war whether you're interested in it or not. I think it was Trotsky who says, uh, war is interested in you. 
you know, mm-hmm. especially in the moment where we're dealing with people like Putin and, and Xi, Xi Jinping. Yeah. Hey, listen, Frank, thanks so much for being on with us this morning. What's your website? Uh, and uh, we encourage people to listen each evening to AFR uh, w- with your program. What's your website? Well, I, I, it is such a blessing to be able to have them do that, and I thank you for plugging it. Um, the websites, uh, I've got three, if I might quickly, securefreedom.org is the Center for Security Policy site, Present Danger China. .org is the Committee on the Present Danger of China, and I've got one that kind of combines the radio and television program that we're doing at securingamerica.tv. And you can join Frank each evening right here on American Family Radio from 10 till 11 o'clock Central Time week weeknights uh, right here on American Family Radio with the Secure Freedom Radio program. Thank you, Frank. Talk to you later. God bless. Thank you all. Okay. Take Thank care. you. Uh, Poor Frankie only gets invited on shows if it's bad news. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, that's when you need his kind of expertise. Yeah. Yes. I'm worried. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, this he mentioned. He mentioned miscalculations. He said have led to a lot of wars in in human history. Right. And you know, it's hard. It's easy to sort of put this story on the periphery because it's way over there on the other side of the world. Right. But the way the world's connected now, it, it's it's not just way on the other side of the world. I was reading the Ukraine. We were talking about this. The Ukraine confirms mass uh, their their digital transform minister of digital transformation, which I ran for, but I was defeated. <laughs> uh, that's why I had to come home from the Ukraine. This guy beat me. Uh, it, he's he says. In all seriousness, this gentleman says they have experienced mass in the last 24 hours, mass DDoS attack on state websites in yeah, Ukraine. Yeah, it's a denial of service. It's it's a very disruptive. Uh, what you do is, well, I won't explain yeah, it, but it's yeah. very disruptive. In other words, Russia right now is, is attacking the Ukraine with cyber warfare. Yes. That's going on right now in a very serious way is what they're saying. We'll be back in five minutes. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.